0: Stories with Nancy Grace. How does a gorgeous girl in her early 20s just drop off the face of the earth and we have no idea what happened? I'm not buying that for one minute and I want to know what happened to Andy Wagner. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Crime Stories and on Sirius XM 111. First of all, Andy Wagner last heard from on August the 6th. What happened? Listen.
1: Elaine Garcia planned to come back to Evansville, Indiana, to pick up her oldest daughter, Andy Wagner, and take her back to Texas, where the two would live together. Those plans have now changed, and Garcia has moved back to Evansville to search for her oldest daughter. Andy Wagner was last seen weeks ago on August 6th, and other than a text message that same day, Wagner has not had any contact with family members or friends. Her mother is worried because Andy Wagner was extremely excited about the move to Texas. Okay,
0: you're hearing from our friends at CrimeOnline.com, and with me right now, an all-star panel to make sense of where is Andy. Joining us is Andy's mother, Elaine Garcia. Now, if you want to find her online, you can go to Answers for Andy and be Andy's voice. Elaine, thank you for being with us. Thank you for inviting me, Nancy. Oh, yes. I'm trying to figure out you going to Evansville to get Andy, your daughter. I mean, I'd go to the end of the earth to get my daughter or my son, Lucy or John David, if they wanted to come home. The end of the earth. I would fight through chewing gum to get to them. So you go, your daughter wants to come home, wants to come, move home with you, and you go to Evansville to bring her home. What happened? Um, Two weeks.
2: I had spoken to Andy a few weeks before, and I had told her she was crying. You know, and She said, Mommy, I need to get out of here. Um, if I don't get out of here this place is going to swallow me whole. She said I want to be back with you. She said I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of hurting and I'm not I'm not getting any support here. I said baby at the time I was working at the penitentiary. So, you know, they're kind of strict. So I said baby, if you can just wait for 2 weeks, mama, just wait
0: 2 weeks. I will be there. And she said okay. 2 weeks before I get there, she disappeared. Oh, Miss Garcia,
2: and I, you don't understand how much I'm so mad at myself. Why
0: did I just pick up and go? I know that you're thinking what you could have done differently, but Miss Garcia, she understood how much you loved her. What happened? Is not your fault. In fact, if it weren't for you, we wouldn't even be trying to find Andy. We wouldn't even know she was missing. We would know nothing. So she tells you she wants to move home with you. So yeah. you have a day off from work. What, do you drive all the way to Evansville? Yes. How long of a drive was that? It's a 12, 13 hour drive. Did you go by yourself? Yes, ma'am. In your car? Yes, ma'am. What kind of car were you driving? A Santa Fe. So you take off from Texas. Where in Texas? Wichita, off Texas. And you set off on about a 13-hour drive to Evansville, Indiana, to get your daughter. Why did she go to Evansville to start with?
2: Oh, uh, um, I, I actually moved here um, when the girls were, were younger so they could be closer to their dad. Because we would meet in Joplin during, you know, school when they were out or whatever. So I thought, you know, it so I left my family and friends because I wanted my girls to be closer to their dad. I didn't want them to have that void of not having their dad in their
0: life. So let me understand. You spoke to her. She goes, Mommy, I want to come home. I want to move home with you. And you say I'll be there in two weeks to get you. When was the last time you actually spoke to her verbally? Um, I don't. It might have been two, three weeks before she had called me. Okay, let me understand. She goes missing August sixth. So you're saying two weeks before that you spoke to her. Did she know you were on your way? Yes, she knew. How did she know? I, I told. Well, no, she didn't know I was on my way. She knew that. Um. I was going to be there in two weeks. Okay, I understand. So you tell her, this is the day I'm coming. Okay, when you get to Evansville, what, if anything, do you find? Nothing. I didn't know she
2: was missing until her little sister posted it on Facebook. And when I seen it,
0: I called. Okay, hold on just a moment. Did you make it to Evansville? Yes. Okay. After the fact, after... I found out she was missing. So, Ms. Garcia, you travel across the country, and you are to pick Andy up where? From her grandparents' house. Do you go to the grandparents' house? Yes. When you get there, what facts do you learn? That she had been gone, that they hadn't heard from her in like two weeks. So almost immediately after you speak with her and tell her you're going to come get her at her request, that's basically the last time she's heard from? From me, yes. What about the grandparents? Did they hear from her after that? Not after the 6th, no. How about her sister? Did she hear from Andy after the 6th? No. Joining me right now in addition to Andy Wagner's mom, Elaine Garcia, is Steve mailing Joining us out of Evansville, Indiana, reporter 14 News in Evansville, the NBC affiliate Steve Melling, thank you so much for being with us.
3: Thanks for having me, Nancy.
0: So Elaine travels across the country. She gets all the way there and no one has seen or heard from Andy since August 6. It's reported to police. What happens then, Steve Melling?
3: So when people go missing, obviously um, police follow the report. They follow up on tips and leads. You know, something that we that we typically see in this area, especially with, uh, missing people, sometimes, uh, they, they tend to pop back up, you know, maybe a couple of days after the fact. So initially, um, Evansville police may send out something on social media, letting people know that this person is missing. This is who they're looking for. Um, with Andy, uh, that, that seemed to happen, but we, we didn't ever, you know, that, that post was never taken down or there was never an update that said, Hey, she's been found. Um, and from there, you know, they obviously launched, an investigation into her disappearance. And they, you know, last update from them, when I last spoke with them on October 12th, uh, they said that the investigation is still active. So, you know, over a year of her missing, and they're still, uh, according to Evansville Police, they're still talking with her mom to try to look at any new leads, but they haven't turned up any new developments.
1: Take a listen to this. Two weeks before her mother is to arrive in Indiana to take her back to Texas, Andy Wagner goes to her grandparents' house and packs a bag. Andy Wagner is only at the house for about 10 minutes, then leaves with a packed bag. Later that day, she texts her family. Andy often stays with friends in surrounding areas, including the Oakland city area, but she always answers her phone. So when her sister, Alex Wagner, and her mother, Elaine Garcia, try for several days to reach her by phone and fail, they reach out to the Evansville police department and file a missing person report on August 12th.
0: You know, interesting, there is a thing called routine evidence. And by routine evidence, I don't mean typical evidence or run-of-the-mill evidence. I mean evidence of routine. For instance, if I didn't show up to this studio and sit down with a full knowledge of the facts as we know them now, that would be extremely uncharacteristic. It would be out of my routine. When, um, every morning you get off and you get up and you turn on the coffee maker, that's your routine. The fact that she suddenly quit returning texts and phone calls is very, very significant. Stories with Nancy Grace. Joining me is Alan Bennett from Texas, former felony prosecutor, now partner at Gunter Bennett and Anthes. Alan, thank you for being with us. Weigh in on what you've heard so far. So she comes to the grandparents' house where she lives. She packs a quick, like overnight bag. She leaves. Everyone fully expects her to come right back. She, They believe she's going to see a, visit a friend, waiting on her mom to come get her. And she's never seen or heard from again, and quits returning texts.
4: Well, Nancy, thank you again for having me on the show. I always appreciate your opportunity to be here. Thank you also for continuing to keep this case in the national spotlight, where it deserves to be. One thing I think should be clear to your podcast listeners when we keep saying August 6th, we're talking about August 6th of 2022, a year and three months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, secondly, Ms. Garcia, God bless you and your family, and I hope we continue to keep on our prayers and thoughts and wait for a speedy return of Andy. Uh Thank you. Well, as just mentioned a moment ago, uh, I can't speak specifically to law enforcement in your jurisdiction or the operation of the FBI in this case, and I can speak generally to how law enforcement and the FBI do things in situations like this. Nancy, you know probably better than anyone from your career. In a criminal investigation, <clears throat> the first 48 hours of the investigation is the crucial point of following leads, chasing down leads, and typically in a missing person situation, here in Austin, here in Texas, for example, law enforcement won't even, won't even take a missing person's case for 72 hours. They'll They'll do a welfare check, they'll go knock on the door, but they won't formally initiate a missing person's report until 72 hours are gone by. And of course, at that point, you've already lost the first 48 hours, the most crucial time period during a criminal investigation. And that, that, that is an inherent problem.
0: Well, I think you're right. I think you're entirely right. You're hearing Alan Bennett joining us out of Austin. To Brian Fitzgibbons joining us, Brian Fitzgibbons, Director of Operation USPA Nationwide Security, leads his team of investigators specializing in finding missing people. And just so you know, former Marine and Iraqi war vet. Brian, thank you for being with us. So I think Alan Bennett, former felony prosecutor, is correct. Those first 48 hours are so critical. Explain why, Brian.
5: Absolutely, Nancy. And Alan, you really hit the nail on the head there. Um, We lose so much information um, as time transpires here. And I have to really, uh, Elaine, I have to applaud you for the amount of work that you've done to intake tips intake leads and process this information, it's a tremendous amount of information that comes in um, to the family uh, during a missing persons case. Um, And and as Alan mentioned, now we're over a year into this and um, we've got a, we've got a picture from these tipsters of, you know, where, who, why, um, what was transpiring on the six um, we, we've got a picture beginning to be painted but there are obviously a lot of gaps that need to be followed up by law enforcement.
0: So the the, the first 48. I mean, they've even created a, a TV program about it. It's so critical because why? In a nutshell, Brian.
5: In a nutshell, that's where you're going to get your best information, your most relevant and active information that can be followed up uh, upon right away. So when when, when this reporting, uh, when that time goes by, 72 hours, 96 hours, we're losing opportunities to follow up on these immediate leads.
0: Uh, a couple of quick questions to Steve Melling. Uh, Joining us from 14 News in Evansville. Steve, when she walked out of the house of her grandparents' home where she was living, when she walks out with an overnight bag, did she get into a car? Did she hail a cab, an Uber? Did she catch a bus? Uh, Are there any ring doorbell cams in the area that caught whose car she got into? I mean, what do we know about the day that she left?
3: Well, police... Obviously, you you know, our our latest updates from police as far as where this case stands, where she could have gone, you know, as as it's been mentioned before, uh, folks saying she was last seen in Oakland City, uh, which is about, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes and change north of Evansville. Um, So uh, in retrospect to the roads that we have here, uh, we have two major highways that could lead up that way of whether it's um, on Highway 41 or Interstate 69 can lead us up. Oakland City, so it's not by a far stretch of the imagination that that could have been the last place that she was seen. But according to police, I mean, if there was any video that could have been seen of her leaving, um, we have not received that from police. At least has not been publicly uh, released by police.
0: Okay, let's think about that, Ella Garcia. You hear Steve Mellon and Brian Fitzgibbon, Alan Bennett speaking, Elaine. Do Andy's grandparents have a ring door cam? Is there any surveillance video in their home? Yes, ma'am. They do have a ring door cam. Was that retrieved? Uh, No. From my understanding, it wasn't. Did you look at it? No. wasn't shown to me. Okay. you, You do know that the family is the repository. Like, if I want to look at my ring camera, I can look on my phone and see what happened last. It's not the police are going to give it to you. You have to look at it yourself. It belongs to your grandparents. If they've got a ring doorbell cam. Did you ever look at it? No, ma'am. They never offered or I asked. Um they
2: never um I don't know how to say it. Um they never willingly say, Hey,
0: do you want to look at the ring cam? You're Andy's mom. Did you ever say, I'm trying to find Andy, I need to look at the ring cam to see what kind of car she got into? Yes, ma'am. You said that and they wouldn't give it to you? They would they didn't did they not show it to me, no. Why? I don't know. Uh they did show one other Female, but they didn't show it to me. Okay, now I'm getting somewhere. And remember, everybody, I'm a JD, not a DDS. Don't know how to pull teeth. So Elaine Garcia, there is video, and they showed it to somebody else. And what, if anything, does it reveal? Um, I, <laughs> I
2: don't know. Uh, from my understanding, is that uh, this female went to the Wagners, uh, took screenshots of the cam of whatever car picked her up and then this is what I was told I'm not a 100% sure that this is true but what I was told that it was deleted after that
0: do you know what kind of vehicle it was
2: Nancy myself I don't know but from my understanding it was a red vehicle I don't know what kind what type I just was told it was a red vehicle okay
0: I'm very very confused right now Steve Melling Steve Melling joining us from 14 News. As to what exactly is happening in this case, you've got a 24 year old girl who walks out of her grandparents' house with an overnight bag to go visit friends. She's never seen again. And nobody obtained the Ring Door Cam video to show me what kind of car she got into. Is this real? As far as I'm aware,
3: you know, a, a very common for us, at least in this area, um, during the active investigations, police aren't going to release any um, necessarily any video that they, you know, can concretely tie, unless you know they feel like there is a strong indication, uh, you know, that say, you know, we had another missing persons case here where there was a surveillance footage, surveillance video of a woman who got into a uh, Chevy Suburban, and the FBI worked with EPD on that case, and they ended up releasing that video. So. I haven't asked police specifically if there is, you know, ring doorbell footage of her leaving, um, so I can't concretely say whether or not they have that video.
2: Where do the grandparents live? They live um, on uh, off Oak Hill, very nice subdivision. Has a huge library,
0: Oak Hill Library. Elaine Garcia, am I correct in believing that the grandparents' home is near? oak hill library yes ma'am it's uh right
2: off the lynch you go down oak hill and it goes downhill and there's
0: this huge oak hill library so it seems to me and i want to go back to you brian fitzgibbons that the first thing you do is obtain the security cam from the library from the red lights at either end of the street if there is a cam you pass businesses, you get their cams to try to piece together and figure out what red car she was in. That's number one. Number two, at the same time, I would be working on pings from her phone. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online.
1: On August 12th, the Evansville Police Department sends out a missing person announcement to local media. The report says 24-year-old Andy Wagner was reported missing by a family member, and the last time they had any contact with her was on August 6th. Wagner is described as 5'6", 115 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. Andy has a mold near her upper lip and several tattoos. She has her mother's name on her forearm, a small rocket on her left ankle, and one with Roman numerals. She was last seen wearing an orange tank top and jeans.
0: An orange tank top and jeans. Now, see that would show up on security video. What, if anything, can you tell me, Elaine Garcia, about your daughter's cell phone habits? Did she normally answer calls? Did she normally return texts? Uh, yes. No, I
2: mean, not not a hundred percent time the time, but she will. She would eventually. If, but we didn't hear, if I didn't hear from her in a day or two, I would definitely hear from her like the, the third or fourth day. She always kept in contact with me to let me know she was doing okay. She kept in contact with her grandmother and her sister. And so all the contacts ceased on August 6th? Yes. When uh, I found out that she was missing, I called her number. It was answered and it was hung up. I called again I was restricted.
0: Had she ever restricted you before, Ms. Garcia? No, ma'am. So Dr. John Delatori joining us now, licensed psychologist specializing in forensic psychology. Dr. Delatori, thank you for being with us. If she had never blocked her mother before in her whole life after 24 years of living, I find it very difficult to believe that she would block her mother now.
5: Well, I totally agree. And as you described before about a person's routine, the person's routine is deeply inset in, in, in how they're going to behave from one day to the next. The only thing that would force someone to deviate from their routine is if there's something in distress that's happening. So they could be overwhelmed with something or someone else has uh, interrupted the person's routine, that there is a second person, potentially even a third person that has come into that person's life and completely upended that person's routine.
0: You know what it brings to mind, Dr. Delatori? it brings to mind, or to me anyway, Gabby Petito, who went on a cross country trip in her Ford transit with her then fiance, Brian Laundrie. And after he had murdered her, he came back using her credit card, using her Ford transit. And he had her phone, and he had access and control over her phone and he would text her family, accept or deny phone calls from her family, pretending to be her. So, um, comparing that to this case where Elaine tries to call Andy, the person picks up and hangs up when he, when he, she realizes it's the mom. And then she immediately calls back and she's been blocked what do you make of that dr delatory
5: yeah with laundry this is someone who wants to make sure that that crime stays unheard of right it, it remains hidden a behavior like this could signify that the person recognizes that the phone could be used to mark wherever it is uh, that it's being held at so they answer it to see if something is going on but then immediately shut it down right so it's certainly possible that the person is just simply trying to eliminate contact.
0: I don't. Elaine, in your whole history with your daughter, Andy, who's just, by the way, beautiful young girl, um, had she ever blocked you before? You're saying no, correct? No, she's never blocked me. No matter how
2: mad or any arguments that we had, she would never block
0: me. And question, had she ever gone this long before? And stay out of contact with you and her family ever. Absolutely not. Especially and I'm
2: not I'm not trying to make anybody else look or make myself look bad especially with me. Andy reached out to me every time she needed help, every time she felt like she was about to be in trouble. She reached out to me. Our thing when I was raising them was open communication. I said to them If you do something or something happens, I may get mad, but I'm going to get over it and we're going to get through it together. So Andy has never blocked me because she's always
0: told me what was going on in her life. Joining me right now is one of the founders of Brothers Underwater Recovery, a search and rescue dive team, also searches on land, who has been helping in the search for Andy. And you can find them online at Brothers Underwater Recovery. Ronnie, thank you for being with us. Tell me about your efforts trying to find this beautiful young girl, Andy.
6: We have searched a lot of these strip pits and things. Um, we've had some information come in to myself and Ms. Garcia that, you know, there may be a boat involved in this case. So we're strictly... We do a lot of land searching, but mainly we do waterways um, with sonar technology. And that's what we're focused on mainly. Um, At this point, there's over 300 strip pits in that area, and we're just trying to eliminate them all.
0: You know what's interesting in this case, so many things, that she could just drop off the map, and there seemingly has been no real... Searches for her. Um, we can't, we, we tried to contact police. I find that very, very unusual. I mean, I think or thought we were all on the same team trying to find Andy. And as a matter of fact, Ms. Garcia, I recently did a crime alert about Andy's disappearance. Shortly after that crime alert, you had a meeting with law enforcement in which they basically scolded you for speaking about the case publicly. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. Why? Why do they not want you to bring attention to Andy's case? I don't know, Ms. Nancy. I I I honestly do not know. I'm trying to make sense of what we know right now. We we have a little more information. Take a listen to this.
1: After moving to Evansville from Texas to help find her daughter, Elaine Garcia and others organized a Facebook group, Where Is Andy?, to raise awareness about the case and help coordinate grassroots efforts to locate Wagner. Garcia has also spoke to the local media outlets about her ongoing efforts to find her daughter. Police believe Andy Wagner was last seen in Oakland City, Indiana. Okay,
0: explain that to me. Steve Melling joining us from 14 News. So, She's not last seen in Evansville. Now I understand she's last seen in Oakland City, about 40 minutes away.
3: Yeah, last last I've heard from Evansville police, the last update uh, regarding, you know, where her whereabouts could be was that uh, police believe that she was last seen up in Oakland City, which is uh, about 40, 45 minutes north of Evansville, um, up in Gibson County, which is a county above Vanderburg, right up the highway.
0: Now, when do we believe that sighting was? I don't believe that they gave us a specific date on
3: that disappearance, but I believe it was um, pretty recent to August 6th. I believe it was either August 6th or August 7th. They believe they saw her last.
0: Elaine Garcia, Andy Wagner's mom. What? Tell me about the sighting of her in Oakland City, 40 minutes south of es- Evansville. So um,
2: so I was given a tip that she had been picked up from Newburgh to Oakland City. Um, I have one tip, sir, that said that they literally saw her get out of a vehicle with three other guys. And that was the last that they saw her.
0: Is this a person that knows Andy? No, but recognized her flyers. Are these flyers that you put up? Yes, ma'am. Do you believe the person was credible? I don't know because I don't
2: know them personally. Um, They sound like an older couple.
0: Ronnie, are you familiar with this signing?
6: Um, I am familiar with you know, Miss Garcia telling me about
0: it, yes. Okay, what what if anything do you know about the signing? Should we believe it or not? They seem
6: you know, they seem like an older couple, like Miss Garcia said.
0: Well, I, I but I hear you saying older. Are they blind? I mean, they saw the they saw the flyer, they see the girl, they call the number. You got two people. You say a couple. That's two people identify this girl. I mean are they are they drunk? Are they high? Are they blind? Can they not see? Were the lighting conditions bad? Was it the dead of night? Do we believe the sighting? Guys, this could not be more critical. And that's what I that was one of the questions I asked this person,
2: why didn't you call it in? Okay, wait, they did call it in. That's how you found out about them, right? Months later, like months later, they reached out to me on Messenger. Oh, okay. Because I was posting about Andy and posting pictures. So, have you gone to meet with them? No. Why? They don't want... A lot of these, Miss Nancy, a lot of these people that come to me don't want to... Get involved. Be involved. They don't want, you know, I have I have asked, can we meet, Can can we talk on, you know...
0: No. So it's not from your lack of trying. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, Alan Bennett joining me, former prosecutor, now partner at Gunter Bennett and Anthos. Alan, I've seen it a million times, and I believe Elaine Garcia is right. I think that it is an amazing blessing that they even responded on the Internet to her. People don't want to get involved. They don't want anything to do with it. And so, so many cases go unsolved. Missing people remain missing because witnesses are afraid to come forward. I think Elaine is telling it exactly the way it happened.
4: Um, I am puzzled about law enforcement's handling of potential evidence in this case, ring cameras, halo footage, H-A-L-O, the law enforcement footage we see at intersections after 9-11. If there's a missing person, law enforcement typically puts every scrap of evidence they can into the media with the questions, has anyone seen this car? Does anyone recognize this car? Does anyone recognize this person? Um, I, I'm puzzled as to why law enforcement declines the opportunity to come on to your show. They would take every opportunity available to continue to get that message out. Uh, and I'm, I'm. Those, those things puzzle me.
0: And you know what? Another thing, Alan Bennett, following up on what you're saying, there may be a perfectly innocent explanation about what police are doing. You know, I used to have a judge. He's the best judge in the courthouse, by the way. And he was in his 80s, and he would tell juries, "It is your duty." to make all the witnesses speak the truth, impugning perjury on no one. In other words, it's your duty to go back in that jury deliberation room and make all the puzzle pieces fit together and assume nobody's lying. I don't want to assume the police have done a bad job. They may know a lot that they can't or won't say. So I don't want to impugn them now. I do think they need to communicate with Andy's mother better than they're doing. That does not mean they have dropped the case. Now, why they wouldn't come on with me, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know this. There is a credible sighting by not one, but two people out of Oakland City, Indiana, Newburgh. So we may have an issue of crossing state lines. And if we cross state lines... That's a perfect opportunity for the FBI to get involved. Steve Melling, is the FBI involved?
3: Um, Last time, last we checked, I believe this is just a strictly Evansville police case. Okay. Um, Yes. And I do want to just clarify one thing for you. Oakland City is uh, 45 minutes north of Evansville. So it it is north. So you you would have to drive about an hour to get to the border of Kentucky.
0: How far is Kentucky from Oakland City? Uh, I'd say probably about a... 50 minutes to an hour. Where is Newburgh in that case? Uh, Newburgh is just
3: east of Evansville. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's about 15 minutes east. And so from Newburgh to Oakland City, uh, you're talking about probably the same amount of time it takes to get to Evansville. It's probably about 45
2: minutes. But I would like to ask Miss Nancy, if you don't mind. Please jump in. Is why um, when Andy left with this individual and took took her to his place, why was not, and I don't know if they have or they didn't, but I haven't gotten a straight answer. Has anybody in that area where he lived, did they ask any of the neighbors for ring camps?
0: Okay, uh, let's back it up just a moment. You're telling me you believe she got in the car with the guy that took her to his place? You already know that?
2: Yes. Yes, I, I was told who she was with, where she went to Newburgh, And now this person is claiming that he was asleep and Andy, he went to sleep at 2 o'clock and Andy left at 2.30 in the morning.
0: Ronnie, joining us from Brothers Underwater Recovery, also searches on land, who's been working on this case. What can you tell me about a tip that Andy was taken by a guy to his place and now that guy, who I'm not going to name, is claiming he was asleep? And that she left? Okay, what can you tell me about that? So,
6: supposedly, he she was picked up from the grandparents and took to Newburgh. Um, this was a guy that she was supposedly seeing, um, which I do believe actually also has a girlfriend or a wife. And uh, anyway, she was staying there with him, And this guy supposedly went to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning, and then Andy went to leave at two thirty, but if he was asleep how could he how could he know that she left at 2 30 um and if i'm not mistaken miss garcia isn't this the same residence that somebody's seen andy outside the residence and a uh, couple of guys grabbed her took her back in the house
0: yes right there is where this case needs to be in newberg because you have you've got not only the couple Claiming that they saw her in Oakland City, which is not far from Newburgh. I think I've got the geography right. Now you've got more than one witness placing her at this apartment with this guy that we believe to be married. And the last thing he wants is for it to get out that he's seeing this young 25 year, 24 year old girl. Yeah, I don't think his wife would take kindly to that. So. Let me ask you, Brian Fitzgibbons, Director of Operations at USPA Nationwide Security, that's where the investigation needs to be. We've got multiple sightings of her in this area and maybe even at this apartment.
5: You're absolutely right, Nancy. And uh, having had a chance to go over um, some of these tips with both Ronnie and Elaine prior to the show, um, I, I can tell you that there's, there's something to the pattern and the volume of tips around this crew of people um, that, that surround that Newburgh apartment um, that, you know, some of these tips are anonymous. Some of these tips are from people uh, uh, that are non-anonymous uh, but there are a, a there is a high number of tips that surround uh, Andy going to this apartment in Newburgh. And that is indeed uh, where this, this investigation needs to go as quickly as possible.
0: Okay. Um, Ronnie joining us from brothers underwater recovery. What can you tell me about police investigation in Newburgh?
6: As far as I know, there is not one Um, supposedly she went to a, um, a party. The next night after she left that house, which was in Oakland City. That's why this investigation has went to Oakland
0: City. So she was spotted August the 7th at a party in Oakland City. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. And Steve Melling, how far away is Oakland City from Neberg?
3: About 45 minutes.
0: Well, she's got to be getting from place to place somehow. Somebody is giving her a ride. Elaine Garcia, what about pinging her phone. Has that happened?
2: It has happened. um, But I I cannot remember if they said it pinged in Newburgh or it pinged in Evansville. But in my my opinion, um, I think they did something to my daughter, brought her phone back into town and used it to ping it to make it look like
0: She was in town. When you say in town, you mean Evansville? Yes, ma'am. What was, do you know the last ping on her phone? Was it in Evansville? No. So we've got her alive the night of the 7th, and something goes wrong the night of August the 7th. If you have information on this girl, 24 year old Andy Wagner, please dial 812 436 4012. Repeat. 812-436-4012. The search for Andy goes on. Goodbye, friend.